Thank you for listening to Life Church Lithia. At Life Church, you belong before you believe. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Gio Munoz. Um, we've been in a series for the last, I think this is week four now, and it's been a series called The Church of Power. How many of you have enjoyed that? Three of you, good. We got three weeks left, so it's only going to get better. <laughs> and we decided to call it a church of power because we felt that God was, he was, he was releasing his anointing on a people. Now, the Bible is very clear, and we're just going to get right into the word today because I don't feel like I got time to waste. Um, the Bible is very clear that it is not good speaking that breaks sin. It is not good worship that breaks sin while worship does open up the door for the anointing to fall. It is important. But not even worship breaks the yoke of sin. The Bible makes it very clear that what breaks the yoke of sin in your life and in my life is the anointing. The anointing in and through us, this is ringing, it's doing something funny. The anointing in and through us is what allows the, the, the bondage, the chains on people's life to break off of them. And so it should be a normality. We've been discussing this. It should be normal in our lives, in our everyday expression, that when we come across people who are hurting and broken and in bondage, that the anointing on our life would leak onto their life. Amen. That our breakthrough would become their breakthrough. Amen. That we would not put demands on them that if you change and if you look like this, then you can have what you have. No. I believe that us as the body of Christ, as believers, as Christians, Christ followers, that we pay the price for people who can't do it themselves. I pray that when we come into people, across people who are in all kinds of problems in life, because how many of you know you don't got to find problems, they find you? You don't got to find them. Listen, you don't have to be doing anything wrong for things to, to fall apart in your life. Furthermore, I've seen time and time again, the moment people align themselves with destiny, and the moment they, they take two or three steps forward into what they believe God has for them, it's like an onslaught. Everything becomes, everything comes against them, and they feel this weight, and, and then you have to make a decision, right? Because there's one or two schools of thought. Either this is not where I'm supposed to be, because we equate God's will to openness, right? Meaning, if this is easy, then this must be God. That's how, that's how we gauge. If I'm walking easy, breezy on the street, nothing's going wrong, God must be with me, but that's not the way it looks all the time. Sometimes God will call you into a place, and that place will be difficult. That is why we need the anointing. That is why we need his presence, not just in us. Listen, the presence of God is in us, he's upon us, and he is among us. It's all three. It's not one or another. He's in you. The moment you say yes to him, he makes his home in your heart. He comes inside of you, and he begins to rearrange. And you got to know that rearranging can be uncomfortable. <laughs> The moment he comes into your life and he begins to shift things around, especially, listen, that's why we're so adamant about our kids receiving Jesus and, and his presence early. Because the older you get, the more hard it gets. Because we get used to doing things a certain way. And so then we come to this mentality where Jesus comes in. And listen, he doesn't break in. He doesn't push himself in. But once he's in, he has full control. Once he's in and you say, God, do whatever you want to do, which I pray is the prayer that every one of you pray. That we don't just pray to God for the easy. That we don't just pray to God for the favor. That we would be like the men in Acts. That when we would walk into a situation, you read in Acts, they walked into a town. And it said that the town, had, they had already received a measure of revival. It had already experienced the move of God. It was Iconium. 
And when they got there, there was a debate between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Bible says that the, the Jews had poisoned the minds of the Gentiles. What does that look like? They were trying to put restrictions and limits and rules on them that had already been broken by Jesus. That's what was happening. It happens in the church all the time. You have to look like this. You have to dress like this. You have to talk like this. You have to walk like this. And it's putting on a yoke of bondage that Jesus already broke. Jesus simply said, come. If you don't like that, that's your problem. You work it out with the big guy, bro. It's in the book. And so they go into the town, and now they're dealing with difficult people. It said that their minds were poisoned. Now, in modern Christianity, we would say, let's pack up our tent, let's take our money, and let's, let's invest in something. Let's have a good return on our investment. But that wasn't their response. They see the devil at work. They see that their minds was poisoned, and their response was, we must stay a while. Let's buy a condo. We got to hang out. Because... Because they recognize that wherever the devil is, there's darkness, that light shines brightest in the darkness. That if the devil's at work, then, then it must mean that there is an open opportunity for the gospel to be expressed in full power. So we do not, we do not measure the validity of the assignment by the openness of the assignment. We measure it by what he has said. We are people that believe at this church, if you are here and you are a part of this body, you know that we believe that God speaks today. There is the logos, that is the written word. It is the word of God. It will never, it is never void. It always returns back whole. It is truth and all truth. But there is also something called a rhema word. It is a fresh word. It is a now word. And we don't forsake one for the other. It would be easy to have a debate to go, well, we have the Logos, we don't need Rhema. Or we have Rhema, we don't need the Logos, but it's not one or the other. It is both and. Many times God will open up the Word and He will walk with you. It's what He wants. He wants to walk with you through the Word. He, he is the one who makes the Word alive. Without the Holy Spirit in your journal time, you might as well be reading Dr. Seuss. Because it's nothing but words. But when you read partnered with the Holy Spirit, that word comes alive. And so you'll read over something that you've read over multiple times. But at this moment, at this time, that becomes a rhema word. And now that word, it's as if it's jumping off of the page. And it's a beautiful thing, man. If you've been in church any number of times, you know. I mean, we live in a culture today where everybody wants to receive a prophetic word. It was cool for a season, but now, I listen. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I love the prophetic. We're about to be fasting as a church for two weeks because we believe that God is pouring new wine. That's what I hear. I'm pouring new wine, and I don't want to pour it into old wineskin. So that means we, as God pours out his wine and his presence, the wine signifies presence. We must prepare our hearts to receive everything that he is. I don't want to drop. Hear me. I don't want to drop to pour out. I want every single thing that he has for us. Why? Because at the 23rd of this month, we're going out to the street. And we're going to pray for God to give us divine encounters with broken people. We're not going to go with pitchforks. We're not going to go tell people about their sin. We're just going to go love people. We're just going to love people. We're just going to believe that God will give us a rhema word for that person in the now so that they will know that they are seen and they are loved. And so we ask God, God, pour out your presence because without your presence, they are just going to encounter Geo. 
And as good as I am and as funny and as handsome, listen, if they run into Gio, that's not funny. Carl's like, ha, ha, ha. He said he's handsome. As good as all of that is, if they don't encounter the presence of God, then what is the point? You say, well, you say that every week. It's never going to change. I'll be here 20 years from now, and I'm going to be talking about the same thing. Without the presence of God, what is the point? And so we've got to be a people who ask God every single day, God, we need fresh bread. I don't tell you to read your Bible because it's what they taught us in seminary that you should do to be a good Christian. We, we, get, we tell you to, to be intimate with him and to get in your word because it transformed your heart. Because we are people who are pregnant with promise. A couple of weeks ago, we were worshiping in here, and it felt like something was happening. And multiple people, multiple, Meredith was one of them, but multiple people said that they felt like there was a travail happening. Like, like something was being birthed. There was something that, that was starting to happen on the inside of people. Where, where there was this groaning, not for, not for more people in a building, and not for more money, and not for prettier things, but, but for something real. Yeah. That the presence of God would pour out and that we would, be, we would be dedicated to stewarding what has been poured out. That as he speaks word, how many of you know that heaven is full of words for God's people? Yeah. It is full. Everything that we need to accomplish what is in the great commission is in heaven waiting for you to make a demand on that bank account. All of it. And so the issue we have, right, is we got people, I need a new word. I need a new word. Can we invite a prophet so I can get a new word? And, but they've done nothing with what they've been given. A prophetic word has become nothing more than about me feeling good in that moment. Prophetic word is not just for encouragement. It encourages you in the moment, but it is meant to launch you into something new. And so as long as we are people who just allow the word to fall on the heart but die, you've got to know that if, if that's the cycle you're in, then God will stop giving you word. You don't believe me? I want to read you some scripture. Let's go to Mark, yeah. Mark chapter 4. Is this okay? Boo likes it. Mark chapter 4. I want you to open up your Bibles. If it's a phone, it's okay. I want you to see this. This is important. Cornerstone verse of our church has been for a long time, Matthew 4.4. If you haven't heard me read it yet, you're going to know. Listen, it says this. Jesus is speaking. He says, people, man, do not live by bread alone. That means we do not live by temporary things that the world gives us. Bread. We don't live by bread alone or things that the world provides, but we live by what? By every word that proceeds. Say proceeds. By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is important because if we are going to be a church of power, we have to be a people of his word. Now, I'm not just talking about people of the Bible. We love the Bible. You, you got to know I love this Bible, and I know it. I've read it multiple times every day I read it. But what you've got to know is that there is another level of intimacy with the Lord where he's speaking to you fresh bread. As he gave to the people of Israel fresh manna, he will give you fresh bread. And we are called to live according to his now word. This is important. Because many people have been taught how to receive a word, but they have not been taught how to walk it out. So we receive a word, we applaud a word, everybody wows the word, but we do nothing with what was given to us. 
Very quiet. Good. Good. Parable of the farmer scattering seed. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture because it's important for the context of today. It says this. Verse 3. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on the footpath. Some of one scripture says on the wayside. And the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly, but the soil was shallow. So the, the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. Its roots were not deep enough. And since it did not have deep enough roots, it died. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant, so they produced no grain. Still other seed, the farmer planted, oh, sorry, fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted out and grew. And the crop was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. How many of you know that's a good return on investment right there? 30, 60, 100% what had been planted. And so this is the dialogue that Jesus is having with everybody who's listening. And so they don't understand what's being said, right? They're like, okay, you're talking about a farmer and seeds being planted, and I don't get it. What's the point? And so he goes on, and he's talking to his disciples, and they ask him, what's going on? And then Jesus says this, you are permitted to understand the secrets, say secret, the secrets of the kingdom of God. How many of you know that there are things in the word and there are things in this life that without hunger, you have no access to them? You can be in the presence of, of a room full of people who are hungry and still not get what they got. Because there's something about hunger, there's something about, there's something about wanting more that opens up the realms where the secret things of God are held. Listen, many people heard the word that day, but not many understood. It was only the 12 who were permitted access. Why were they permitted access? These were men who had given everything. Some dropped nets. Some left jobs. These were men who were completely sold out and dedicated. And so now they have been given access to what the parable means. And here's what he says. Jesus says to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? How many of you know that's important? If you can't get this, you're not going to understand anything else. So now he's going to tell them what, what, what the parable means. And then this is what it means. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word, the word of God to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan take it away. So they hear the message, but they don't believe the message. The message is there, has received. It has, this is the seed that has landed on the wayside. What is the wayside? It is the side of the way. Now, who is the way? We all know by now, you've heard me preach long enough, Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. If you read this book and it doesn't lead you to Jesus, something's going on. From Genesis to Revelation, it all points to Jesus. You say, well, we need more Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. You say, well, what about the Father? The Father has one message. This is my son. It all leads back to him. And so here are people who have received the word of God. And it fell beside the way. It was not rooted in the way. So the seed was stolen by the devil. And so there was another group of people. This seed on the rocky soil represented those who heal them, hear the message and they receive it with joy. I would say this is 90% of Christians today. I hear the message, yes. It is everything I have been waiting for. I have been contending for this word. I have been waiting for this word. I'm so excited about it. I have joy in my heart because of the word. How many of you know true joy comes only from Jesus? 
You can receive a prophetic word, but many times the prophetic word is not going to happen in 15 minutes. And so if you are rooted in the, if your happiness is rooted in the word, it will flee you. Because you have to remain rooted in him. So they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, that's what we're talking about. What are you rooted in? What is your confidence in? What is your hope in? They don't last long. 90%. Listen, we see more and more, the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I see people that five years ago, they were burning at full capacity. They were on fire for the Lord. Every time they walked past somebody, they had a word for him. Every time there was a sick person, they prayed for him. How many of you know that a miracle can become a problem if you don't remember the miracle maker? It can become an issue. If the miracle becomes a point, I guarantee you the anointing will be pulled away. He's looking for people who would be rooted who would not allow themselves to become distracted, but they would realize, if I'm going to allow this seed to take root in my heart, I have to allow my roots to go deep. I have to stop running from difficulties. I have to come face to face with myself and realize that if I could have fixed me, I would have already done it. If I could have fixed myself, bro, I would have done it a long time ago. The reason I worship the way I worship, the reason I live the way I live is because I know without him, I have nothing. You say, well, how do people live out in the world? My brother talks about this. He's like, people are out in the world and they're happy. Well, the Bible is very clear that those people are blind and they, they don't even know. They're naked and they don't even see it. They're broken, but they can't understand it. And so the Lord is dropping seed. Listen, the point is the seed, the, the person throwing seed throws the seed everywhere because he's simply looking for someone who would receive the seed. It's not about the soil. It's not about the seed. It's about the soil. It's about, have you prepared what I'm trying to throw out? And so heaven, as I said, is full of God's words. Some of you in here, you have words that God has spoken to you, he has given to you, and you have to make a decision. If I don't see the word come to fruition in my life, I have to ask myself, how is my soil doing? Well, maybe I'll find another church, and when I get to that church, it'll make me feel better. Yes, it might for a season. But, but after that season fades and the goosebumps go away, you're still stuck with you. <laughs> and the soil hasn't changed. I cannot give you soil, nor can, I, nor can I tend to your soil. It is our job to prepare our hearts to receive. How is that done? Through intimacy with the Lord. It's so, the gospel is so simple. What does he want from you? He wants you. He wants you because he knows if he can get a hold of you and if you can understand that, that you, when you let him into the innermost parts of who you are, he begins to prepare the soil. And so what a beautiful thing. He prepares the soil and he throws seed in it. And Paul's very clear that he's the one who brings increase. Has nothing. You know what's good news? It has nothing to do with you. Some of you are paralyzed. Well, what, 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 I'm going to screw it up. It has nothing to do with you. If Jesus has full access to your life, he, he prepares the soil, he throws the seed, he brings the increase. The only thing we do as ministers, according to the gospel, is we water the ground. We water the ground so at some point you will grab a hold of that seed, you will grab a hold of that word, and it will change the way you live your life. When you believe the word of God, it changes the way you live your life. And you've got to learn to protect what has been given to you. 
Treasuring today's word protects yesterday's word. It gives you access to another realm where you walk by faith. Well, what is faith? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not just the, again, it's not just the written word. Because he's looking for people who would every single day say, God, what do you have for me today? He's desperate for it. It's all I heard during the cruise. I'm desperate for a people who would turn their ear to me in a, in a world full of crowded noises. Will you drown everything out and hear me? You ever been driving in a car? I'm assuming you have. <laughs> Everybody's like, a car? What is that? You riding horses around? What's going on here? We are in Lithia, but dang. There's been times where I've been driving my car and I'm terrible with directions. You don't believe me. Ask my wife. I'm t- I'm, I don't think about where I'm driving. I'm just driving. And then, and then I get lost, right? You've been lost before. You've been lost. And, and if you're like me, I like the radio loud. I'm like loud radio person. Boom, all the way up. And you'll be lost and then, and then you get flustered, right? Like I don't know where I'm going. It freaking sucks. Gas is $17 a gallon. And you're driving around. And then something happens. It's like subconscious. You're driving and all of a sudden... You turn down the radio. Like the radio is going to help your GPS. Or it's going to, you're like, oh, radio off. <laughs> you're mad at it now. But there's something there, right? Because there's something about noise that it crowds things. It doesn't allow you to properly think and receive what you need. And so in the world, what, maybe what you need is to just drown out some of the noise. Maybe the reason that the Lord is throwing out seed, and, and you don't have to see it, you got to know. Listen, we're not moved by what we see, we're moved by what we know. And I'm here to tell you today, whether you realize it or not, he is throwing out seed. He's looking for people to carry into full term the plans and the purposes of God. Every single one of you, not just me, not just our leadership, every single one of you has the potential to grab a hold of a seed and carry that seed into full term. So some landed by the wayside. It was outside of the way. They were not rooted in Jesus. Some of it was received, and there was a moment of excitement. They clapped for the word. They were excited for the word. But because they were not rooted, it did not last long. So then it says this. They fall away as soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Listen, there's nothing wrong with you desiring. Is this okay? This is important. It's so important that you learn how to receive his word and realize that whether you whether you take the time or not, he's throwing seed. Two months ago, I had a vision of it where he was walking around our building and he was just throwing out seed. And I haven't been able to get, get it out of my mind because if we if we lived what we believed, the world would be changed. If we lived out everything we spoke and all the songs that we sung, if we lived what we sung and, and the anthems we sing, the world would be a different place. We would not be able to keep the doors off. It would be open 24-7 because people would see the full expression of God. These people, the worries of life, the wealth, no fruit is produced. And this is the last seed. It fell on good soil. It represents those who hear the word and accept it. And they produce a harvest. And so then watch this. 
This is a continuation. Even though the Bible separates it, it's the parable of a lamp. It's one ongoing discussion that Jesus is having with his disciples. So then Jesus said, would anybody light a lamp and put it under a basket or put it under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden, say hidden. Everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open. And every secret, secret will be brought into light. This is important. Remember, the context is the word of God. The context is, listen, because you have received God's word, now you are a beacon of light. Everywhere that you go, you are pregnant with promise. And even though your situation may look broken, and even though you don't understand what you're going through, and even though you have dreams and your expectations don't meet your reality, you are still pregnant with promise, and you will give birth to what he has spoken. And so you are a light to everyone who is watching. A light to what? You are a light of his faithfulness. That even though all the odds are against you, even though people don't understand it, even though people have counted you out, you have been marked by his presence. And his presence will bring into fruition everything that is inside of you. And so then Jesus goes on. Anyone who has ears with to hear should listen. Let him who have ears to hear, hear. Which tells me, listen, there are people who have ears and they're just not hearing. Why would Jesus say, if you have ears, hear? Because he knows that sometimes the word of God will go and it will fall on deaf ears. Because you have to learn to have the capacity to listen. Not just to a preacher, not just to a podcast, not just to your favorite Bethel station. You have to have the capacity to hear for you. Why? Because people in this world, they need your expression. There are people who will not respond to my expression. They would understand my expression, but they will hear from you. At the gas station, at the Walmart, at your job, carrying the gospel of hope. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, look, watch this. The closer you listen, I want to read another translation. For there is nothing hidden which will not be re revealed, nor has anything been kept secret has come to light. Let him who have ears hear. And then it says this. The closer you listen, the more you will be given. Read it again. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my words, more will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little word they have will be taken away from them. Now, now, a lot of people read the scripture and they read it in the context of giving, reaping, and sowing. And I believe it applies to that. When you give, you will receive. It's a biblical principle. But the context of this is God's word. The context of this is rhema word. That as God is speaking from heaven and as his words are going out, he's looking for people that he says, listen, the more, the more that you receive my word and the more that you believe it in your heart, the more I can receive for, you can receive from me. And so you want to receive more from God? You want a fresh word from God? What should you do? You respond to the last word he gave you. Doesn't matter if the word was move this chair from this side to this side. The purpose of the word is not the importance of the word. 
The purpose of the word is, will you be obedient? Can I trust you with what I have? The power is in the word. The moment Jesus told the disciples to go, the power for the going was in the go. It was all there. You see it time and time again in the scriptures where Jesus has, he has been crucified and he has been resurrected and he walks up on his disciples who had been fishing all night. Now it's important that you realize that they were fishing because they were discouraged. Jesus had already told them, I will make you fisher of men. And the first thing they do when Jesus dies and now he's gone and they're left leaderless is they go back to the one thing that they had already left. So here they are discouraged, and I love it, because they're, they're in a place they should have never been, because Jesus had already told them, go wait for me, because power is coming, and it will, it will empower you to go to the nations. But yet here they are with their nets, Peter and his nets, all upset, all upset about life. Jesus is gone, what are we going to do? We must, I guess we'll go back to what we know. And they fish all night and catch nothing. Because when Jesus transitions you from one season into the next, there will no longer be fruit in this season. You can stay in this season. You can go back to it. You can go to, through the routines and the rituals and all you want to do. But in that place, there will be no fruit. Unless. All of a sudden, Jesus walks to the shore. He goes, yo. It's the Jesus version. It's the Geo version. Sorry. Yo. Have you caught anything? I haven't caught nothing all night. This sucks. Yeah. Jesus is gone. Everything, everything's, everything's a mess. How about, listen, they were done fishing. It was not good fishing time. It was morning time. It's not good fishing time for them. They had fished through the night. They're tired. They had cleaned their nets. They weren't fishing with They had nets. And when they're done fishing, they have to clean their nets. It was a process. And now this man comes on the scene whom they did not know was Jesus. And he goes, hey, how about you try it on the other side? Now, now, now you got to know that this is foolishness because moving from one side of the boat to the next is not, <laughs> the proximity is silly. Furthermore, you've, it's a process. It's not just moving the nets, there's rigging. What I'm saying is there was a process for them to move from one side of the boat to the other. It wasn't easy, it wasn't simple, it was uncomfortable, it seemed stupid, all of the above. Yet there was something inside of them that says, maybe if I just cast my nets one more time. Now, what you have to see and what you have to know is the moment Jesus said, why don't you try, you've got to see. And the prophetic, all the fishes went, whoosh. Nothing changed. They did not become better fishermen. They did not have better nets. They were in the same stinking boat. They were tired. But this time, at his word, at his word, because they received the word and they had the faith or, or the ability to be obedient, they pulled up their nets and there was so much fish they could not contain it. You've got to see, man, this is the place where God wants you to live your life. Sometimes you receive a word from God and you're excited about it, but you've got to know, listen, Moses ran into a burning bush. And we talk a lot about the people entering into the promise, but without the burning bush experience where he heard the word of the Lord, there would have been no promised land. They had been waiting 400 years for something to happen. All of a sudden, God found a man who had the capacity to turn his attention to a bush that was on fire. There was always bushes on fire in a dry desert, but this one did not burn. It was the capacity to realize the Lord is here. He stops, he receives the word. Well, who, 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 who's going to, he was a stutterer. 
He was not, you would not have picked him to be the liberator of the nation. You wouldn't have. Well, who should I say? Tell him the I am sent you. Listen, I need a, I need a better tagline, bro. We think it's awesome, right? We're like, yes. He's like, no, bro, like, like, I need a name. Like, this is Pharaoh. We read through, listen, we've preached about the I am, so we're like, yes. But Moses was like, I'm not doing it. He, he had to take a friend with him. He's like, please come. We've got to realize the dialogue and the situations these people went through. Gee, Holy Spirit comes to Mary. Listen, I, I'm going to come and you're going to be pregnant and it's going to be the savior of the world. And we're like, this is awesome. She said yes. Listen, she had to go tell Joseph she's pregnant. Let's talk about that. Hey, hey, I know we're not married yet, but hey. I would have been kicking. I don't know why, but I would have been kicking. I'm pregnant. You're, you're what? But we haven't. I know. I know. But, but no, it's okay. It was God. But she had the capacity to say, at thy word, thy will be done. Everybody that we see in the Bible and we revere and we, and we acknowledge as someone who is a powerful person, they had the ability to say yes to his word without understanding. And furthermore, willing to pay the price for the consequences of that word. Moses had to walk away from everything he knew for a very long time. His wife, his family, Jethro, all that stuff. He had to walk away to step into a new season that was full of uncertainty. Listen, God did not give him this schematic on how it was going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to rain down fire from heaven and there's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Go. He didn't give him that. He just said, go and tell him the I am sent you. And then. And so multiple times he finds himself at the edge of, of a lake and God's like, raise your staff and put it in. It was a step-by-step -step process, but it all came from hearing the word of the Lord. And if we're going to be a church of power, and if we're going to be a church that truly makes a difference, we're going to have to have an at-thy-word mentality. When you speak, I will respond. I don't have to understand. I don't even have to like it. <laughs> I don't. Because I know that God knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for me. He knows, he knows the things inside of me that I don't even know about myself. And so maybe you're here and you're, you've been in a season of barrenness. Where you haven't been able to hear God's word. I would say to you that sometimes barrenness can prepare you for blessing. We run away from barrenness, right? But you read in the book of Samuel where there was a woman who, she had been barren. And the, and the Bible said that the Lord made her barren. Now, you know, we preach at this church, God is good and the goodness of God, and we believe that, but sometimes God's goodness does not always look the way we think it looked. I would submit to you that if the Lord had not made Hannah barren, let me say it like this. I would say that he made her barren so that she could properly appropriate her blessing. At the end of her barrenness, her response was, God, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you. We do not understand or know her heart posture before her barrenness. So I would say to you, her barrenness prepared her to properly raise up that kid. And sometimes we find ourselves in these places where God is trying to move. Or we're so desperate or hungry for a word. And God is saying, listen, your setback is a setup. This season that you're in, it's uncomfortable. You don't understand it. It's painful. It, it, it evokes all kinds of emotions. But when you read in the Gospels, you read in Acts, you realize that Paul has this, he has this mentality. That no matter what the devil throws at him, 
the enemy's, the, the God is using it. And he's using it to form and help how troubles produce patience and patience perseverance. It was this mentality that whatever God, the devil throws at me, God is going to use it to prepare me for my next season. Now, if you learn to receive the word of the Lord that way, it will change the way you walk. People, well, I just want, I just want somebody to lay hands on me and receive power. <laughs> That's good. But the power comes from the word. And if you don't learn how to steward what you've been given, according to Mark, it will be taken away. And there's nothing to me more, more sad than someone who has received the word and that word has been taken away from them because they haven't been able to properly walk out what God has spoken to them. You say, well, God wouldn't do that. That's not what he says there. He says, I'm looking for people who who would prepare the ground for seed to fall. And, and when the seed falls on good ground, then I will throw more seed. But those who have received seed and do nothing with the seed, even what little they have, will be taken away. Listen, it's a sobering word I know. It's not like a hurrah. It's not that. I get it. And I like preaching hurrah words. But more than that, I, what I would want for you is that you would be a person who produces fruit. That you would be a person that, oh, I don't just hear God's word and I don't just live on hype, but that you would be a person that when God speaks, you would treasure his voice. And so here's, here's a few thoughts I just want to leave you with. Valuing what he is speaking today protects what he has spoken. You've got you've to catch that. You've got to learn to value what he is speaking and what he is saying. It's got to be of supreme value more than what people say, more than what pastors say. You've got to learn to acknowledge and adore and value what he is saying. Treasuring his voice today protects yesterday's promise. According to the scripture we just read, if you find yourself in the little realm, you're going to lose the little. And so you've got to fight for breakthrough. Is this okay? Uh, Y'all look sad. You look sad. But maybe it's because we've come to the realization that we've been given a lot of seed. <laughs> it's, it is. But, it, but it's also a, a beckoning to come into a place where we prepare our hearts. And we say, Lord, I know I've received stuff. And listen, if you've received that, that, that dream, that thing is alive in you. But it needs to be replanted in fertile soil. It can't be planted in doubt and unbelief. It will never grow that way. The worries of life, according to the scriptures, will drown it out. So honoring, God honors listeners with more to listen to. And, and, and that, that's the only point I have today. Cub, you can come up. I want to pray over them. That this week as you go, last week we talked about killing giants. It was like, yeah, we're going to go destroy it. Ah. I get it. But I have, to, I have to share with you what God gives me. Because I know that we're transitioning, as the Lord spoke to me, it's a season of new wine. And the new wine is preceded by fresh word. He will release a word and then he'll stand back and go, I wonder what he's going to do with that. He does. Listen, Jesus, 
he fed the multitudes, but before he fed the multitudes, he always gave them an opportunity to step into great faith. You've got to see that. Jesus, he, there, would, there would be a multitude of people. He was surrounded by people, and the people were hungry. And Jesus would go, these people got to eat, because he knows people get hangry. Even back then, they get hangry. <laughs> Even back then. And what does he do? He looks at his disciples, and he goes, what are you going to do about that? And the disciples, what, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> You're Jesus. And it's the same hard posture today. We walk past impossibilities. We walk past different things and we go, Jesus is like, man, somebody should do something about that. We're like, yeah, he, somebody should. Jesus? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm giving you the opportunity to step into a realm of new faith. The power was in the word. If Jesus asked them to do something about it, it must have meant they had the ability to do what he had done. And so Jesus finds himself chapters later. This is Mark 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Jesus feeds 5,000, 4,000. And so then he's with the disciples. And then he says to the disciples, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. He's speaking to them about the religious system. Be careful. Listen, we're a part of a religion denomination. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But there were people who were trying, they, they were religious at heart. They knew about Jesus but did not know him. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And the disciples are like, man, speaking of yeast, forgot my bread. And they're having this ongoing discussion and debate about their lack. And then you see Jesus rebukes them. Why does he rebuke them? Do you not remember when I fed the 5,000? Do you not remember when we fed the 4,000 and we had nothing but a little bit of bread and fishes? Why does your, why do you always conclude or begin with lack? Because the moment you have been exposed to the supernatural interventions, the moment you have received and empowered and you've seen God work, you have lost the ability to live in doubt. He's looking for people who would, who would have lack, who would, have, who, who would find themselves in impossible situations and go, listen, I know what this looks like, but I was there. I was there when I had no money and God came through. I was there when we had no food. How many times in Mozambique when we were there, even here, we would be feeding people on the streets and we had enough food for like 75 and God would feed 150. Time and time again, because when you've received the word of the Lord and you've walked out that word, you lose the ability to live in doubt. You step into a new realm of faith where you take his word, you carry his word, and you allow that word to birth inside of you into full term. There is no more spiritual abortion. We allow that word to come into full term, and we walk that word out. Because people need your dreams. Your dreams are not just about you. They're not. Listen, we're excited about what God's doing here, and this was my dream. What you guys see happening here today was something we talked about 10 plus years ago. Me, Anthony, and Covington. We had, we had such little money, we were buzz cutting our hair. We were so broke. And we would sit and we would talk about one day God's going to give us a church. 
And when he does, it's gonna be his church. And some of you are here today and you've been blessed by this church, but it is the fruit of a dream. It is the fruit of a group of people saying, I know it does, it sounds crazy. I remember when I said, Anthony, pictures of the church. I came and I spoke and I sent the pictures. He's like, bro, are you Like, I'm gonna follow you wherever, but are you sure? I'm like, yeah, bro, this is it. Because God gives you a dream and you begin to see things in a different way. You see thousands of people and you got a little bit of fish and a little bit of loaves and you say, God can do it. God can do it. Well, you have these dreams. I know everything doesn't make sense and, and I don't have all the answers, but, but I got this little bit. And what I know from walking with the Lord this long is my little bit in the hands of this awesome God is more than enough. Every single time a little kid gave his lunch to Jesus, he took what little bit they had, everyone ate and was satisfied, and there was some left over. Because with Jesus, there is never lack. You may be in a season of lack right now, but that's not how the story ends. Don't close the book on what God hasn't finished yet. The promises of God over you are yes and amen. And if you find yourself in a season of lack, you better know I'm just passing through. I'm just passing through. You got to change your mentality. And you got to realize this is just a part of my God story. <laughs> we would always talk, we moved into that back building and Destiny would be like, this is going to be an awesome story one day. Because even the uncomfortable seasons, even the seasons we don't understand all become something beautiful when you put it into the hands of the master potter. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you today. Oh, Jesus. I want to pray over your heart. That's what I feel to do today, yeah. Would you just close your eyes? Why am I going to pray for your heart? Because your heart is the place where that seed lands. <laughs> it's the place that the Lord is saying, listen, this is where I want to deposit dreams. This is where I want to deposit passions. Before you slay any giants, you got to receive identity. And identity comes in the seed form. <laughs> and it comes into your heart and it grows. So, Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, would you just put your hand over your heart right now? And just believe right now that anything that is on your heart that is not supposed to be there, any doubt, anxiety, any hopelessness, any depression, we could believe in faith right now that the Lord is just going to knock that down. Father, right now, I speak over every single heart. And I declare, God, that there would be fertile soil. Father, we speak against anything in our lives that has that have attached themselves to our hearts that have not allowed us to receive everything that you have for us right now. Father, let us be people that produce 30, 60, 100-fold fruit. And I speak against hopelessness right now in the name of Jesus. We just uproot that right now in the name of Jesus. All hopelessness has to go. All doubt has to go in the name of Jesus, God. And I ask that when you throw out seed, when you throw out seed, God, not if, but when you throw out seed, that you would find our soil fertile ground, God. That you would find us people, God, that are whole and ready to receive what you have. God, give us ears to hear, God. 
that when your word is spoken, that it does not fall on deaf ears, but that it falls, God, on ears that can hear. Give us ears to hear for our families. Give us ears to hear for the broken. Give us ears to hear for the lost, God. And God, we ask that you do in our hearts, God, that you do in our hearts a deep, deep, deep work. Man, I just see that happening over people's hearts right now. The Lord's breaking down and he's building up. He's breaking down and he's building up. So God, I, I just ask right now for a fresh revelation. I just ask right now for a fresh revelation of who we are, God. There are so many things that have attached themselves, so many lies, so many doubts. So, Father, I just release fresh dreams over you right now. We release fresh dreams. Listen, that thing is not dead. I don't know who needs to hear that, but that thing is not dead. That word God spoke to you is alive. 